You, you are, are now tuned into the Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Syndicated worldwide to bring real, real black radio back to the masses. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated worldwide Fusebox Radio broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Since 1998, whether it's on your FM dial, internet radio station, podcast, and or website, we're up in the mix to bring you a slice of what we call 21st century black radio to the masses, which is a mixture of old and new school music from the black diaspora, hip-hop, soul, funk, jazz, reggae, etc., etc., as well as news, commentary, interviews by yours truly and some outside sources. On the mix and commentary in this week, you got myself, DJ Fusion, on the side doing the same deal as my bro, John Judah. What's going on there, Judah? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's the Nappy Black Dragon back at it again, of course. Yes, indeed, it's the street dog named Osiris, and we would like to give love out to, hope, to the whole universe, of course. Of course, me and DJ Fusion back again. We uh, want to let everybody, know, everybody, let everybody know that we appreciate them. <coughs> and, of course, we got the good show and set that we're about to come in with again. What's the deal, Fusion? Doing all right, doing all right. Glad as always to be able to do another weekly show. First and foremost, we got to give love to all of our wonderful listeners who take out their three-hour chunk in one way, shape, or form and listen to the show each week. We also had to give props to all of our wonderful broadcast partners who you can check up on with the updated list over at our official blog site, blackradioisback.com. By just clicking the um, Fusebox Radio affiliates button, you'll see all the wonderful people who... Um, Push us out there. Um, definitely support all the content they have, not just us, because they all have good content. And um, yeah, here on the east coast of the U.S., allergies have been wrecking shop with me, but folks are still here to bring some fuse box radio tunes and stuff to the people. So that is definitely what's up. We also got to give big shout out to our folks over at on um, Black Agenda Report and Free Press and <coughs> excuse me. The Black University Radio Network Direct Effects for um, providing some of our extra news and commentary segments. We deeply appreciate those folks. And for anybody who wants to find out what's going on with the, the syndicated Fusebox radio broadcast, if you're a musician, you want to submit music, if you want to download some old shows, mixtapes, find out about upcoming events and things of that nature, you can go to our official website, which is FuseboxRadioOnline.com, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O. O-N-L-I-N-E.com. The Fusebox Radio broadcast also has two years of archives available on demand via podcasts and various streaming services, including iTunes, Zoom, Flycast FM, TuneIn Radio, and many, many more fine folks. And Stitcher Radio, of course. Shout those folks out. Um, or if you just like, hey, I can't memorize all this stuff, just search for Fusebox Radio broadcast on your search engine of choice, and our joints will go ahead and pop up. Also, big shout out to our folks over at Ohelnall, ohelnallblog.com, and planetill, planetill.com, where we contribute on various levels as part of the music um, staffs of both websites. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the promo ramble and stuff right now. Um, as John Judah knows, and I'm, I guess we're letting um, y'all know now, we're doing a lot of work in the um, Fusebox Studio Labs right now. 
So, um, folks are going to have a lot of new equipment and other various things that are going to be playing a pretty major role in the show later on. Still good content and good vibe. That part's not changing, so don't get concerned about that. But um, we're just trying to tighten up on a lot of things on our sound and another stuff, and that's flowing in a pretty good direction. So, that is what is good. And all of that. Yeah, and um, this is our official 14th year this month, April 2012, at the Fusebox Radio Broadcast existing um, ever since I um, started up as an undergraduate student at Rutgers University to its present pretty much somewhere in one shape or form incarnation. So for everybody who contributed positively to that journey, I appreciate you. For those who didn't do so much, well, I'm kind of glad you're not around, but hey, I learned some lessons. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's appreciated on a certain level, too. You ain't gonna be able to come around and be like, hey, girl, though. Nah, that's that's not cool. But anyway. Anyway, 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 we got a lot of new and old school tunes for this week's show. Um, both John Drew and I both went into the vaults and some of the new submissions. We deeply appreciate all the music artists who send in submissions. And for people who um constantly ask that question, or this might be the first time you're checking out the show... Um, basically, clean edited um, radio material only because we um, have a clean radio show, especially for our FM people. And quite frankly, John, you and I don't have a whole lot of time to be editing no tracks. Oh, um, in between just our creative lives, much less other stuff that we do and um, get into. Sometimes that time gets limited. Um, MP3s don't necessarily care for accepting stuff in a whole bunch of other formats. And, you know, you get a chance, please listen to the show or even go to our podcast page where we list our um, playlist, um, fuseboxradio.podomatic.com or blackradiosback.com. See some of the level of some of the stuff that we play. And give us, just to give an idea before, you know, I get, you know, Guns and Hoes Part 3 or something. I'm not going to be too big for that. But um, that's just me. But yeah, man, um, a lot of stuff happened on the news end, so um, let's go ahead and get right into that commentary this week. Um, first and... Mm, no doubt there, John Judah. <coughs> Pardon me, everybody. Like I said, allergies can bug it a little bit. So voice sounds a little raspy-esque here and there, that's why. Um, over here in the States, and I'm sure um, folks internationally have heard about the um, Trayvon Martin case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with that case, at least on a legal and technical level, some justice has gotten a little bit into motion. Um, The shooter of um, Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman, has been officially (coughs) um, put in for um, second-degree murder. And he's supposed to have his... um, arraignment and all that good stuff later on in the summertime right now he's under protective custody which is simply the only smart thing that sanford florida and florida um legal system has done because quite frankly um i think if he got into general population it'd be a problem yeah. on a on a whole lot of levels on a whole lot of levels yeah. Uh, whether people, you know, are for Trayvon Barton or not, there's people who do crazy stuff in jail just to, you know, get a reputation. Yeah, you know, when you when you get old dudes like Bernie Madoff getting beat down in jail, it's like, yeah, they don't. Some people don't necessarily care. They just want to get at you and whatnot. And honestly, for me, 
Um, and I've stated this on the radio show before, but I actually would like to see the legal system do what it says it's supposed to do for every citizen, regardless of its, of your background, whether it's um, your ethnic background or your class background. Because, you know, let's be a little real. Um, I did believe he didn't have his class background. I mean, you know, your, your father's a magistrate judge, your mom did legal stuff. You know, much less, you know, anything on the racial end and how people unfortunately look at the value of a young black man's life. Um, this, this played a lot of, of, of difference in how stuff went down. Besides the fact that more and more is coming out about the Sanford Police Department as being really incompetent as a whole. And I don't, I think a lot of people should be worried about that. Like if you actually have a genuine situation that you need um, law enforcement assistance and they just incompetent as hell, that looks bad. And that's going to end up bad for you. So, you know, I'd almost say whether you're in the KKK or the Black Panther Party, the new Black Panther Party or whatever, you're going to want to have that system work when it needs to work. You know what I mean? Since everything's not, you know, on some, <clears throat> excuse me, apocalyptic thing yet or whatever. But um, for Trayvon Martin's parents' sake, I'm, I'm glad at least this part has gotten done. And we still have a trial and everything to go through, so it's, it's not celebration time yet. Not hardly, you know. I mean, it took about over forty days for this particular part of the process to occur, which should have occurred way in advance, based off of the present parts of evidence that had been put out there. And the, pros- the special prosecutor said they had enough evidence to put up these charges, but. At least that's been done. I think it's another thing that shows the power of people spreading the word and talking about things. Because from what I have relayed to from some of our down south contacts, you know, that case was out for a week before it got national on an independent media level. And it is in the internet age at this day. And then it took a lot of independent media folks to, you know, spread the word about that and get it to the point where national media started talking about it. I mean, it's almost like high school, you know, first the kids who know a little bit of information or they're doing something different get looked at funny, but when more and more people are doing what them kids are doing, all of a sudden it's hit. And it's kind of whack that we had to get to this kick point in any part of justice because we've seen this in a lot of death row cases of people of different backgrounds go down. But, you know, it still shows that voices being heard can prod people in the right direction and that type of action needs to continue to occur as a whole the second everybody gets quiet and scared and nervous you you got problems whether it's small stuff or big stuff so you know again I I hope that justice is truly served in the courtroom I think it's going to get served in another plane no matter what I think but you know it's about time just to be like hey you know what this stuff happens and you know, it, it, it just can't go down like that. And much less um, besides the immediacy of the Trayvon Martin case, um, we also had to look at what they call the stand your own, stand your ground laws. That are going down, which essentially said that somebody, they feel that they, you know, they attacked or threatened, they can shoot you. And keep it moving. Now, let's be honest, who's going to get affected by that more? Than anybody. Whoever's on the bad side of the stereotype plane at whatever time, that's that's not going to be cool. Well, 
down. I'm not against self-defense. I'm not anti-gun. Truth be told, this is my personal opinion. I can't say that about our stations or whatever else. But I am against somebody who, if they feel like the right to pick a fight with me, and, you know, I'm, I'm you know, holding down my own or whatever, or, you know, might be whooping somebody's ass, they can feel they can pull a gun and shoot me and be like, I was, I was defending myself. I was standing my own ground. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a bit frightening. And I don't think you should care what your background is. That that should be a little nervous. You can have a family member who's mad at you start a fight. This shoot you be like, oh man, I was just standing my ground. Like that that to me opens up more things in terms of what they call justifiable homicide, quote unquote, or premeditated murder to me. But anyway. Um, yeah, so I think that's um some good stuff that's come through that. And all that happened the day after which is, is, to me, it's just a bit of insanity, which shows how off the rails this thing got. Uh, when George Zimmerman's lawyers, like, quit on him. Because they were like, we ain't able to get in touch with this dude. They were still making up crazy excuses. Stuff from like, oh, well, well now he has PSTD, and, he, and he's scared to walk down the street. Gee, I wonder why. But anyway, it's like, when you're a lawyer, you're like, you know what, F this. I'm I'm, I'm going to be out. There's a problem. Honestly, I'm a little surprised that Zimmerman got into a jail because when I heard that a day or two ago I personally thought that he was out of, out of the country and that ain't make no damn sense I don't care if you were the richest black man in America or black woman in America if you got accused of shooting somebody and your lawyers come by and say I don't know where they are you had a dragnet on you if you, are, if you weren't already in jail you can't tell me that I mean, they chased after Wesley Snipes harder than they did after the Zimmerman dude. That cat just ain't paying no taxes. Not saying that that's necessarily all wonderful and dandy either, but I'm just saying it just shows a weird level of checks and balances that sometimes goes down in the MUS correction system. But yeah, man, um, just wanted to bring that up and um, we'll keep continuing and going on with that case as the news items and stuff keep dropping and going by. Um, any thoughts on that there, Judah? Yeah, I would definitely like to say uh, would like to commend um, the um, them for doing something. It's definitely um, later than it should should have been. <coughs> I'm glad that um, steps were taken or steps are being taken in the area of prosecution and um, there's no doubt about it, he should go to jail. And um, let's hope that this slow it being slow to act doesn't mean that he's not going to get locked up. But um, hopefully everything will go the way it should be. We should go in a, um, a fair, um, you know, court affair in the just court of law. All right. All right. No doubt. No doubt. And let me see here. Speaking of the justice system, kind of doing a little bit of right lately. Let's talk a little bit about this case that happened on the federal level. Um, the Department of Justice, um, through a lawsuit, has agreed to pay more than a billion dollars to 41 Native American tribes. Really? Mm-hmm. This um, news item just came from the BBC, thanks to the folks who um, hit me up with that earlier. Um, it said the disputes in the particular lawsuit focused on federal mismanagement of land and natural resources belonging to said tribes. And these claims had dated back to more than 100 years ago, uh, back during the period when tribal land was given to white-owned companies. 
So we're not talking even about, you know, immediate post-colonial stuff. We're talking about things that were, like, you know, 1900s on. Oh, God. And whatnot. And, um, it's a very interesting case. Like, the article breaks down a lot of stuff, um, with that. And when they're talking about, excuse me, various resources, they're including stuff like, excuse me, oil and, you know, land farm stuff and housing and things like that. And, um, with everything going on, I mean, they were talking about that, you know, some of these land disputes uh, at least documented date back to 1887. You know, during uh, what was called the Dawes Act. Now, this is my American history nerd side coming out, everybody, so please pardon me. Um, this particular act gave the land to white-owned companies to use for, like, whatever reason. And this was, of course, during all those multi-periods of time where the uh, Native Americans were starting to get pushed into these reservations. Or they just pretty much said, hey, whatever, and you can bounce. And even for those who stayed in these various places where they did get um, plots of land, um, they said through this particular act, they were supposed to be compensated in perpetuity, pretty much forever, as long as I guess this country existed, for the use of the land. But a lot of folks never received a dime. And whatnot. So, you know, while there's things that we complain about with the Department of Justice and whatnot here in the States, I will give them Attorney General Eric Holder and other folks props for getting that together. And I hope it does help out, um, you know, say groups of folks build up some good things within their own communities. Well done. Uh, that was like kind of a, hey, justice system can, can sometimes work. It makes you nervous, but sometimes it works type of story. Um, next up on an interesting news end, um, CBS News journalist Mike Wallace, um, I think for my generation, he was most known for being on 60 Minutes, passed away this week at the age of 93. I personally can't say he was my favorite journalist on 60 Minutes, but he was one of those guys who I have an appreciation for as a media person because in the age now where it almost seems like a lot of these reporter type of stories when they interview somebody is like a PR puff piece. Like it's almost like they're giving questions to ask and the, and the person answers them in the, the correct way and everybody keeps moving. Mike Wallace kind of didn't give a damn what he would say to somebody. And to show another facet or aspect of something interesting. But that's almost kind of that old school level of journalism. I think that doesn't really go down anymore unless you go to independent media. People are going to try to dig and dig to see what's good. And I think he only retired a year or two ago. So, I mean, you're talking about a dude who was damn near 90 before he bounced from doing his job. Um, supposed to be in the business for over 50, 60 years. Like, literally one of those first TV personalities um, that went down. And um, I think for that particular facet, Mike Wallace will be missed. I think most of that old school crew 60 Minutes is just about all passed away now. Um, besides um, I think Leslie Stahl, the lady is still alive. There's another cat who does Face the Nation. I think Bob Schaefer he's still around. But um, check out some of his interviews. There's a whole bunch on YouTube and there's a whole bunch on the official um, 60 Minutes um, website to see what folks are talking about. I personally remember one interview because, not just because it was interesting but it was contentious and um, it was in the 90s with um, the Nation of Islam's Minister Louis Farrakhan. Oh, 
<laughs> and both of those cats were like going in, and but even while they were going in, you can see they both had that level of respect for each other. Like they weren't holding back, but you know, it, but it was men, it was uh, it was a man versus man type of thing, and whatnot. But this one of those you were like, damn, like you can't even imagine that going on right now. I think a lot of our personalities as a whole, whether they're politicians, entertainers, or whatever, are getting used to being coddled now. They're not used to an independent mind. Especially when it gets up to a higher level. So, yeah, on on, on that joint, I think uh, Mike Wallace um, deserves some credit. So for, you know, his family, friends, and um, fans, or just people who are interested in journalism who are pondering that, you know, I, I give him props on that. And with his death coming a week after um, the Great Guild Noble's death, of um, like it is to see you know those two kind of di- kind of similar but different styles of old school journalist cats like who've gone away, it makes you realize what a big fall off stuff has had in the mainstream TV industry, much less the news industry. Wow. To me, you know, so. And yeah, with both of those brothers, I mean, especially um, with Gil Nova, I know on our show notes last week, for those who check out the show via our website or other websites, um, I put up a Gil Noble interview that he had with um, Bob Marley, rest in peace to that brother as well, and whatnot. And you can just see how the interaction goes. Like, you know, cats were trying to clown nobody, but people were going to get some realness from it. So, you know, had to drop that info and mention that real quick. No um, let me see, let me see. Yeah, we'll get into a little bit of foolishness before some other random type of items on the entertainment end. Um, people who are not familiar with the show know that um, John Jew, who are not familiar with the show, um, both John Jew and I are not Democratic or Republican in our political leanings. That's right. Um, we're essentially third party people. I personally like thinking of myself as I would like to deal with the person who has the most common sense. Regardless of whatever label that you have, it's pretty much independent politics and whatnot. But, you know, people will call out who they see. We are not totally in love with the Obama administration, but we're also not in love with some of these cats who are just on this nonsense or just, you know, shugging and jiving for some lobbyist fees. And one of these cats to me is this um, representative named Alan West this man is such a damn annoyance to me cause he just does the dumbest crap like it's almost a bi-weekly to monthly thing I had to say something about this man I mean I don't know how much he's getting paid under the table or whatnot to say foolishness as long as it has a brown face behind it but this is what this man does Anyway, um, um, Republican representative from Florida, Alan West, made the comment this week that as many as 80 Democratic lawmakers are members of the Communist Party on the low. I'm like, what type of McCarthy era flashback BS is this? Communist now? Like, no, nobody brings up policy at the time anymore. People are even trying to get up in you know people's bedrooms or talk about who ain't supposed to be in college and god knows what else now cats are talking about they communist you for real shoot on, on some people's level that might be the better thing that they're doing in the other end or whatever that killed me here and that where I'm like you said that seriously 
or somebody paid you some money to say that foolishness because I I don't understand I don't understand it in any way shape or form but for people um, I'm gonna put it like this I'm a big person in regard to doing stuff both in the um, policy room as well as in the street um, if for no other reason in 2012 if you're an American and you're able to legally vote um, they're trying to talk about putting this dude in as vice president under the Republican Party. There's no way in hell I want that to happen. I'll just say it. No. You know, you got some of these, you know, crazy folks who are already running for the, you know, Republican candidacy right now to go against the incumbent president. And all of those guys are crazy, even though right now it looks like uh, Mitt Romney pretty much has it in the bag since a few extra folks have dropped out of the race as of this week. But I'm like, Alan West, though? I mean, if I was a black Republican, I'd be mad as hell. Like, this is the best y'all can do? You know, that, that almost says you want somebody to chuck and jive in a suit. But anyway, I, I thought that was bugged out that came out there. Well, one thing is for sure is that he is reminiscent of, of people who come in the past who've usually been paid for and, and, and whose futures are, are assured in some way by the people who are paying for who are paying for them. You know, another word for them is prostitute. You know, but but at the same time prostitute almost make almost is almost a nice way of saying it because this is an example of it's, it's, it's sometimes it's not about sometimes it's about people just having different sort of opinions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about people not having something within, and there's something not within that even makes people come out of their face to even say something in reference to that. Especially a black person, and in, in the era when when black people wanted to to show themselves to have an, an independent voice or not, or just to look for their rights. That was something white, racist whites used to say about blacks, but blacks who wanted civil rights at one time. So you got a black person, or no, excuse me, a person who looks like a black person. <coughs> those comments about people. So it's just funny how, 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 how things turn and how, uh, how, how, how people who don't have souls are enlisted or, or, or people just put on take on prostitute vibes and then for the sake of um, destroying policy and, and and really it's about God control mm-hmm. they're just trying to they, they like more Negroes like him because the more Negroes like him then there's more God control then there's more people who are not going to necessarily be what they're supposed to be you know what I'm saying because that's not what anybody black is supposed to that's not really what anybody is supposed to be you know what I'm saying you know, he's trying to out, he's trying to out white, racist white folks. And I don't think he's going to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? And, but, um, unfortunately, but we're going to rock on because this is a whole bunch of role playing because the war has already been won. No doubt, no doubt. And God's <coughs> creation is on his side, is on, is on that side doing, doing a funky dance. Alright, what's the deal, Fusion? Alright, alright. There's about three more little quickie stories one that i thought that was cool i'm sure a few weeks ago especially for everybody here in the states people were hearing all the stories about the uh, mega millions being the largest lottery that ever existed a legal one in the country 
and um folks from around my home state of maryland um finally claimed date tickets now it wasn't the crazy lady who was talking about she didn't lost her tickets she was hiding in the mcdonald's and stuff in baltimore um i mean you know you saw, you saw them clips you're like this this chick is crazy she just trying to get a tv show or something. i don't know what's going on with her i'm in up that three folks who worked in the public school system won over 218 million dollars and they're like um they still gonna teach now they got they they took they took the prize anonymously and if you see a picture of them claiming it it's just like literally i mean they, these cats even have like maryland lottery gloves on their head they got the check in front of them like you ain't gonna find out who the hell i am you know what i'm saying and i'm not mad at them by any means i mean you know i'm sure we all know people the second we get a raise somebody get mad at you they want to try to act funny or run your pocket so i can't even imagine what it's like if you know even split three ways about 80 80 million dollars or so <laughs> that's living pretty nice by i think damn near anybody's standards who ain't like a sultan or whatever else but i thought it was cool that these folks were like you know because you got two two people who are teachers one that's a public school official and when we have an education system sometimes where there are teachers who don't really love what they do or whatever else the people still want to do that i mean granted you can do it and know that you don't got to struggle for the rest of your life because they said all these folks are working extra jobs on top of doing that so that shows they did have dedication to ed- doing education um for them to do that um i thought it was pretty awesome so you know i just want to go ahead and mention it and i thought it was kind of funny that the lady who was being mad crazy i'm like that lady being crazy gave them all the time in the world to take care of their business on the side and I'm sure get their legal stuff or whatever done. So they're like, okay, I can claim this money and we can do it quietly. While she media hogging. So good for those folks, man. That's what's up. Um, good news on the music end in more than one way. Um, Q-Tip has just been signed by a major label. For those who are not familiar with Q-Tip, um, Q-Tip of a tribe called, formerly of a tribe called Quest. Um, producer, MC, all that good stuff. Um, that's almost weird. Somebody not knowing those Q-tips is. That's almost weird. But we're in that era. Yeah, I, I would say I would say we're in a strange place, and you know some of our listeners aren't hip hop people, so we got to throw that out there too. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Yeah. Excuse me on that. You know, for for my hip hop generation people, I'm like, you've at least heard his brother been sampled, much less God knows what else. But anyway, um, he has officially been signed to Good Music and Def Jam this week. And I will give, as much as some folks might be like Kanye West is a bit crazy, and I do think he is that, partially in a good way, partially in a not so much good way. Um, I think he's always had respect for hip-hop foundational things. And um, folks who, you know, made that type of thing happen. I mean, he signed Common a few years ago, and, you know, that cat was able to get, has been able to get good promotion and put out records. And, you know, now he has Q-Tip. And Q-Tip is one of those cats who's like a pretty savvy dude from his past with dealing with labels i think the only album he didn't put out officially until he i think he got those matches back was when he did um flipped and did the kamal the abstract album back around 2000 and that was when he was more on the soul rock vibe and i think for the labels at that time that was a little bit too much of a change they were able to deal with Vibra thing Q-Tip and um, Tribe Called Quest 2 Q-Tip. All of a sudden, this brother talking about, I need me some guitars. And yeah, they're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Understandable, I think, on the money end to a certain degree. But they say that um, Q-Tip's supposed to be putting out an album in the 
upcoming year and whatnot called The Last Zulu to be released in 2013. So, you know, for people who've heard Q-Tip's last album, The Renaissance, I think it is a modern day classic. Um, he did a very excellent job on that album. I'm curious to see where this goes, especially now that he would have the backing of one of the, but not just one of the bigger label crews on a smaller level, and you know, definitely the distribution arm of Def Jam, which is under Universal, and all of that. But he would have the backing of one of those crews that I think is probably one of the few last respectable ones on the mainstream end. Besides on a smaller level Rock Nation In terms of creatives That are there Because one thing I will give Kanye West As a label head is He pretty much let those cats just fly They may sink and swim They, You know It's a sink or swim situation But those cats do what they want to do So you know Q-Tip gets a good amount of creative control And they actually put that marketing push up behind him I think the brother deserves Then that's what's up We'll see I mean I definitely hope this ain't a cock blocking move But I don't have that vibe right now We'll We'll see in the next few months. But it's, it's nice to see, you know, those cats who've been doing their thing for a minute and, and who are still nice. Not just an old, older school cat, but a cat who's still nice with what he does. Get some play and, at, you know, at the very least get some money in his pocket. So, you know, big up to folks with that. And let me see here. Finally, this story is just crazy as hell, which is why I had to go ahead and mention it. Um, situation that happened in Philadelphia. Now, I don't know how many people know folks like this. I have, I have known some through my period of time. You know, some, some people do their side things in regard to drugs. In terms of, you know, eating and shuffling and whatnot. Anyway, um, in Philadelphia, this man got arrested on Friday after um, police found marijuana in his car. Not necessarily something that's too out there, depending on where you are. What is out there is when they did the pat down, they found out that this dude had 89 mini bags, because they know it's a, lot, a quote unquote large bulge in the suspect's pants. Um, they noticed 89 bags of weed and coke tied, um, I'll, I'll use the internet terminology, to his peen. So pretty much he had 89 small bags of stuff tied around his junk. Weed, heroin, and cocaine. For one thing, I'm like, how could that even logistically happen? And then I'm like, I don't want to know that. I'm, I'm in my 30s and I don't want to know that. That's a bit much. And when the cops were patting him down and they, they found that joint, this dude ended up believing himself. So I don't know what type of um, smuggling that was, but that's not a good hustle game at all. And they had this one cop who was just like, yo, in 14 years, I've never dealt with that in my life. Like, you know, I've worked in the prison system. I've seen people, you know, unfortunately stuff things in weird areas and type of stuff, but never anything like that. So I thought that was weird. Philly Daily News. One of them other weirdo stories people sent over or whatever to talk about. Uh, yeah, man, this... Just interesting. And um, lastly, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the Men in Black 3 movie is dropping pretty soon. A lot of stuff's dropping in May. It feels weird that we're right around the corner from that time frame. Personally, I want to see it. 
Will Smith hadn't necessarily done it for me lately as an actor, but that movie looks dope. And I think at least as a as a, I was a teenager slash young adult when that first joint came out, I think it's kind of cool they're still able to maintain that franchise and they look like they still care about it. So big up to those folks. I hope it's cool. Uh, Men in Black Free. Okay, did, did they have a subtitle to it? I don't remember it as of right now. If they do. But the Oh, I don't know. Okay. I have no clue. Um, let me do a quick look see while we're talking about this here. But I think it's kind of cool they got him doing a time travel thing and whatnot. They still, you know, Tom Lee Jones. They got him Josh Brolin playing young Tom Lee Jones and all of that. And um, yeah, that looks kind of interesting. Let's see here. Right now, I'm looking on IDMB to see if they got a subtitle. Um, right now, it just says MIB th- 3, like with the little um, square thing. Okay. From what's on okay, there. You went, you went to that um, that comic book thing, and you had that, that bag that had the movies that were coming out. Oh, I went with the Comic-Con last year, yeah. Yeah, and the MI3 was on there. And uh, well, MIB <coughs> And mm-hmm. I remember at the third and ten, I had a subtitle. But the reason why I brought that up, the subtitle was a Greek take on an ancient Egyptian um, deity. And that's why I was like wondering, did it still have that on there or did they take it off? I just wondered or whatever. But it's all good, though. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones and um, Will Smith. I mean, the other movies were good. Mm-hmm. And I think there were some underlying messages that Hollywood sometimes is able to weave into the movies. To make it fantasy, but you know that, that that movie, those movies have had good underlying messages and they kind of apply to real real life. But I ain't big up to them. No doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, we'll have to try to pull up the flyers stuff another time. Cause I just looked on um, Rotten Tomatoes and um, Wikipedia as well. So far, I just showed to three, but we'll dig around to see what's good. But yeah, I am hoping. It is a cool flick. Um, I know through the various stories on the site that you know the special effects and the um, makeup and stuff look dope per usual. No and um, you know sometimes need to have that you know action comedy sci-fi thing popping off. And for people who sometimes nerd out like me, something like this on top of joints like um, <clears throat> excuse me, you know Batman's gonna be dropping. The last Batman of the new series. Um, the Avengers is dropping. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of bugged out. So I know part of my summer is going to be sitting in a theater on opening day to see what's good. But yeah, man, that's about it. Um, can't think of much else more to say or do besides, again, give love to everybody who's um, giving love and prop to us we deeply appreciate you we're going to keep rock rocking on with syndicated fuse box radio dj fusion john judah uncut raw black radio no payola no selling out no nonsense just trying to get some views to make people think and some grooves to make people tap their feet and all that all right anything you want to say john judah shout out your thing before we get into the mix Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Want to just give a shout out to all we all wide world and just remind you, we love you and we appreciate you. We're glad you tune in. We're glad you tune in. Of course, tell a, tell a friend, tell a foe, tell all the those how we get down. And we love for everybody to come around, come, come around the campfire as we get the stories 
as a, come around the campfire as a street dog named Osiris give you the stories that of course you will admire. But DJ Fusion and my and I are in the house. We're gonna rock it out, of course, and we love you all. Peace, love to everybody and to all a funking good life. No doubt, no doubt. Fusebox Radio, DJ Fusion, John Judah. We about to get it in. All right, peace. What is it? Uh, uh-huh. Quad money. Uh. Yeah. You're now listening to Fusebox Radio DJ Fuse. New York. All across the world. Yeah. Y'all cats must be dizzy. Front like hep, don't get busy. What's with the E? It's the H E A V Y dash. You get that cash. That's me. Is he still hefty? Is he still sexy? Do he still get down like he used to? He used to talk about is that all he do? Yeah, but so what, dog? Who is you? I'm just saying, man. Stop playing, man. You still talking about grands and deal with millions. Deal with thugs from Jamaicans to Italians. And it be on white beat sands. Now, wish you down for me? Put it down for me? Who gon' ride for me? Stop running your mouth, B. Hey, hey. You must have thought I was a sucking MC. And I never thought I had to make you believe. You know we ate his lunch Since day one But late the stunts Yeah Played none He stayed in months Calisthenics now Fetish way ahead of them punks Take stacks and chunks State facts is crunk And all black With them classic dunks AMGs HEV Please this batch Is his ABC Street narrator KGB E-class gave a lazy me Should've CL the S at least B.I.G. Pop Rest in peace East Coaster, soon see me seated with Oprah, slouch back, sipping sweet mimosas. We supposed to play front line like dojas till the rain is over. You must have thought you I was a sucker MC. And I never thought I had to make you believe. Well, I gotta make you believe uh, me. If I was gone and left in obscurity, yes, sir. Yeah. would you be down for me? Would, would somebody ride for me? Somebody.
You are now listening to Fusebox Radio.
guessing that they're tearing them down? Yes. It is? It is. But you move. You get an apartment, something in a nice neighborhood. These people are going to move right next door to you. Good luck to the system. Yeah, thank you. Sure going to need it. Yo, check this out. This is Chuck D, a public enemy. You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Harder than you think. To the beat, y'all. Salute to hip-hop all the time. The greatness, yo. This is primo to the next level. And I'm smiling at you hating asses against rebels. I bring bass to your treble, trouble, devil. Full fifth to your lung, now take off the bezel. I'm the prodigal article in the rap article. Particle fly if I go hard at you. Get in the way, I make it hard to do. I watched a lot of rappers in the last 12 years lose faith. Cause sun don't shine and they stays. It's a continuous grind with the culture in mind. Stop talking like this and shut up and rhyme. Salute the DJs that really do it. New rhymes with an old style attached to it. It's time to make that move, Shalimar, Howard Hewitt. Can't forget that old style Duke, I used to do it. Fluent, to say you started it is wax ish. The flow is classic, you know if you was digging through them discount baskets. Jewelry is just a dressing, a stripping down the raw skills, purify the lesson. A lot of niggas think that cause they rhyme on primo that can validate your skill, yeah, but we know that that's not the real scenario. Like Milo, Dango, and Brown on stage without Buster. <laughs> that's not the real scenario. Real music and listen, I'm noticing that hip hop is splitting into branches like trees do. Saying you the next one and you gonna save the game, well please do. We need you. Come on. DJs are selling out faster than cheap cars. MCs are selling their best bars for cheap cars. Ain't nobody paying. And ain't no way to nothing. These cornies are insane. What game are you playing? Come on. When Jiggins used to say, yo, you heard what he said. But now they say, yo, I heard that. But lyrics is dead. When's the next one? And try not to be so versy. Can you start it off with controversy? Put a hook on it. 360 and you rocking for that label paper. Now your money's gone and you can't eat because the crooks own it. I got style. What up? Now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion.
Right here on the Fuse Box Radio. DJ Fusion. We'd like to do uh, an idea for you that was related to the H2O GATE Watergate Blues. In March of 1973, we wrote the Watergate Blues, and some 17 months later, then President Nixon resigned. But the story didn't end there, and so we didn't stop there. We have prepared a sequel, and it's called, and it's called We Beg Your Pardon, America. 
We beg your pardon because the pardon you gave this time was not yours to give. They call it due process and some people are overdue. We beg your pardon, America. Somebody said, brother man gonna break a window, gonna steal a hubcap, gonna smoke a joint, brother man gonna go to jail. The man who tried to steal America is not in jail. Get caught with a nickel bag, brother man. Get caught with a nickel bag, sister lady, on your way to get your hair fixed. You'll do Big Ben, and Big Ben is time, but a man who tried to fix America will not do time. Said they're going to slap his wrist, going to retire him with $850,000, and America was shocked. America leads the world in shocks. Unfortunately, America does not lead the world in deciphering the cause of shock. $850,000, they said, and the people protested, so they saw, right, we'll give him $200,000. If I said, okay, that's better. I'd like to retire with $200,000 someday. San Quentin, not San Clemente. Do not pass go, go directly to jail. Do not collect $200,000. <laughs> We beg your pardon, America. We beg your pardon because somehow the pardon did not sit correctly. What were the, what were the causes for this pardon? Well, now they had flea bite us. Rats bite us, no pardon in the ghetto. They had national security. But do you feel secure with a man who tried to steal America back on the streets again? What are the results of this pardon, though? Because remember, when there's causes, there's results. And the results is always deeper still. We now have Oatmeal Man. Anytime you find someone in the middle, anytime you find someone who is tepid, anytime you find someone who is lukewarm, anytime you find someone who has been in Congress for 25 years and no one ever heard of him, you've got Oatmeal Man. Oatmeal man straddling uncomfortably yards and feet of barbed wire. It's hard to live in the middle all the time. Oatmeal man, the man who said you could fit all of his black friends in the trunk of his car and still have room for the Republican elephant. Oatmeal man. But there was no crime committed. Oatmeal man says that America, in 1975, your president will be a 1913 Ford. Regressive. Circle up the wagons to defend yourself from nuclear attack. Oatmeal man. Reminiscent of 1964's AUH2O Goldwater. Thank God he didn't win, but Oatmeal man didn't win. Did you vote for him? I didn't vote for him. But that's the first result, and the second would be the Dread Rockefeller. Doubtlessly being promoted for the job he did at Attica. 43 dead and millions of Americans once again in shock.
doubtlessly being promoted for the job he did on the streets of New York City where the pushers sell the drugs that the government allows in the country and then they do time. They do life and death or life and death behind bars while William Saxby says he's going to dismiss the Lord and Furlough program. And Brother Richard X of Buffalo, New York faces 1,365, did he say 1,365 years behind bars for participating in Attica. And Rockefeller faces being the vice president of this country. And all is calm and quiet along the white sands at San Clemente. We beg your pardon, America. We beg your pardon once again. Because we found out that seven out of every ten black men behind jail, and most of the men behind jail, are black. Seven out of every ten black men never went to the ninth grade didn't have $50 and hadn't had 100 for a month when they went to jail. So the poor and the ignorant go to jail while the rich go to San Clemente. We beg your pardon, America, because we understand now much more deeply than we understood before. But we don't want to take the pardon back. We want to issue some more. Pardon Brother Frank Willis, the Watergate security guard. He was only doing his job. Pardon H. Rap Brown. It was only burglary. Pardon Robert Vesco, it was only embezzlement. Pardon Charles Manson, it was only mass murder. And pardon us while we get sick. Because they pardoned William Calley, 22 dead, and America in shock. And we understand all the more deeply, and we beg your pardon, as unemployment spirals towards 7%, and it seems like 70% in my neighborhood. As unemployment spirals, and as we watch Cattlemen on TV shoot cows in the head and kick them in the graves while millions are starving in the Sahel and the Honduras and maybe even next door. We understand all the more deeply as Boston becomes Birmingham, becomes Little Rock, becomes Selma, becomes Philadelphia, Mississippi, becomes yesterday all over again. We understand and we beg your pardon. We beg your pardon, America, because we have an understanding of karma. What goes around comes around. And we beg your pardon for all of the lives and all of the people who've been ruined and who look forward to next year because they cannot stand to look at this one. We beg your pardon, America, because the pardon you gave this time was not yours to give. Thank you very much. You are now listening to Fusebox Radio.
now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. The calls made most notably by Reverend Al Sharpton for economic boycotts of Sanford, Florida on behalf of Trayvon Martin, and in the case of brutally beaten Georgia prison inmate Terrence Dean for boycotts of certain Georgia products are at best deeply wrong-headed and more likely cynical and deliberate misdirections of popular outrage. Think about it. Economic boycotts are the tools of choice when you do not have direct access to the powerful people making the decisions. When you call for an economic boycott of Arizona or Florida or Georgia, what you're trying to do is cause economic distress to some wealthy interests in the hopes that they will importune unidentified fellow members of the ruling elite to make some of the changes you need. Economic boycotts were used in the early and mid-20th century by Chinese and Indians fighting for control of their own countries against distant colonial powers. In the late 20th century, global economic boycotts mounted in the United States and elsewhere were potent political weapons against the South African apartheid regime and are indispensable tools in the fight against Israel's version of apartheid and its brutal 60-year occupation today. But the decision makers and the levers of power over brutal police departments, over arbitrary prosecutors, and the runaway prison state are not someplace across the ocean. They are in the governor's office in every state. They are the sheriffs and prosecutors in every county. They are the Congress, the White House, and the legislators in every state. They are the mayors in every city and town who hire and fire the police chiefs that carry out policies of aggressive hyper-policing in black and brown communities across the land. Just about every extended family contains prisoners or former prisoners, and almost as many have cops, sheriffs, and prison guards as well. When so-called civil rights leaders tell us we need an economic boycott to reach out and touch these people and their offices, they are misleading and lying to us. Why do they do this? Some of them are business school graduates who actually believe what they learned in school, that the market is some kind of divine power that watches over everything. It's not. Some propose boycotts because they just don't know what else to do and are too busy safeguarding their places as intermediaries representing people with problems than to actually try to solve those problems. Still others assure us that the vote is power, the vote is the solution, even though Democrats, black ones included, are heavily complicit in the prison state themselves. Their job is to bottle up the, white, the widespread outrage around the latest vigilante killing, police atrocity, or state-sponsored murder and to redirect it into safe channels that threaten nobody and change nothing. These are leaders who don't want to march on or occupy state houses, city halls, or the White House with clear demands to end the drug war, with clear demands to provide jobs and justice and begin a dialogue on how to commence rolling back the prison state. Real movements start with real demands and a refusal to go home until they are heard. We invite you to sign the Trayvon Martin petition at ushrnetwork.org. That's ushrnetwork.org. And the boycott the next fool who tells you to boycott somebody else for Trayvon Martin. For Black Agenda Radio, I'm Bruce Dixon. Find us on the web at www.blackagendareport.com. You are now. One, two, three, five. You are now.
are now, are now tuned in to the Fuse Box Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. <laughs> You're as good as they say you are. Syndicated worldwide to bring real black radio back to the masses.
Hey, this is DJ Logic. You're now listening to the Fuse Box, bringing the best of hip hop and soul music, news and commentary from all over.
Welcome to Media Minutes. I'm Stevie Converse. And I'm Candace Clement. And I'm Megan Tatey. Congress has deemed the third week of April Cybersecurity Week, and the House is set to vote soon on a new information-sharing bill intended to minimize cyber threats for the nation. But opponents of the bill say it maximizes privacy threats for the public. The Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act, or CISPA, would amend the National Security Act of 1947 to authorize Internet service providers and other companies to share customer data with the government. Civil and digital rights groups worry that the bill is too broad and vaguely worded. They also say it's unclear just what kind of information ISPs and online services like Facebook, Google, and Twitter might deem enough of a cybersecurity threat to funnel to the government. Kendall Berman is a National Security Fellow at the Center for Democracy and Technology. We are very concerned about the breadth that the bill would allow so much information to be shared that includes customer content of emails and online communications directly with not just the government, but with the National Security Agency and with military and intelligence agencies. The House introduced CISPA on the heels of two other bills that stirred public outrage about the future of the Internet, SOPA and PIPA. The fundamental difference, says Berman, is that CISPA focuses on cybersecurity, while SOPA and PIPA tackle intellectual property violations. Berman said CISPA could allow companies and the government to swap information right under the public's nose. The National Security Agency has conducted warrantless wiretapping for years. So in terms of how it would affect the internet user, not only is the bill so vague that it's somewhat unclear, but none of this needs to be communicated to the user. This is a bill that affects companies, companies that don't need to seek your permission before they turn this information over to the government. And once the government gets it, there's no measures in the government to allow the public to know what the government does with that information. The bill currently has 100 co-sponsors and 28 corporate supporters, including AT&T, Facebook, and Microsoft. Berman says companies might reconsider their support once they take a second look at the bill and understand their compliant role. It puts them in a difficult position of having to respond to government requests for information about their customers. The House will vote on the bill within the next few weeks. To find out more, go to the Center for Democracy and Technology at cdt.org and save the internet at savetheinternet.com. And now for some Media Minutes updates. There's good news and bad news this week for public media funding. First, the bad news. The National Endowment for the Arts has proposed substantial cuts to several PBS programs. The cuts, totaling more than $1 million, will affect popular shows like Great Performances and American Masters, as well as the critically acclaimed and Emmy-winning Independent Lens and POV. Neil Shapiro, president of New York Public Media's WNET, told the New York Times that the cuts will be damaging. He's hoping people will find the cuts too severe and call for more funding. Public television is the only place you see these things, he said. NEA applications more than doubled this year to 350, but its funding level remained the same. Executive Director of Art 21, Susan Sollins, doesn't hold the cuts against the NEA. She says Congress should appropriate more money to the NEA so it can fund a broader range of programs. The cuts will be officially announced on April 25th. But there is some good news to report. Fortunes are turning in three states where the picture of funding for public media looked bleak. The Oklahoma Educational Television Authority averted being zeroed out of the budget by a single vote in the state Senate. In Maine, lawmakers turned back Governor Paul LePage's second attempt to eliminate funding for public media and restored the full $1.7 million to the budget. 
and Florida Governor Rick Scott might be experiencing a change of heart. Last year, he vetoed state funding for public media, but this year, lawmakers voted to restore more than $300,000 for each of the state's PBS stations. Scott asked the groups to make a pitch as to why they were important to their communities and worth the investment. Public television stations made their case, Scott says. He has until April 21st to make a final decision. In other news, Senator Chuck Grassley is continuing his hold on Federal Communications Commission nominees Ajit Pai and Jessica Rosenworcel. Grassley has been holding the nominees hostage since last November. He wants FCC Chairman Julius Janikowski to hand over documents relating to a waiver the FCC granted to LightSquared, a high-speed wireless company that could provide some needed competition to the wireless market. The FCC revoked the waiver after tests showed that LightSquared's communications network affects GPS signals. The FCC has handed over documents to Grassley, but he called the information insufficient. You've been listening to Media Minutes, a production of Free Press, a national nonpartisan organization working to reform the media. For more information, visit freepress.net. Now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Jesse said, keep hope alive. The oppressor said, just close your eyes. So the hustlers kept dope alive. And mothers wept when your bro died. History's been made, Joe, there's no redo. If you've been played, it's time for you to play too. If life stays, then you play who? Run ting at your own pace and trying to raise blues. I don't know where you're going, but you look lost to me. Got all the answers if you want follow me. See, smiling faces ain't everything they cracked up to be. Nowadays, every day feels just like Halloween. You telling me what it ain't? Well, tell me what it is. A lot of niggas trying to find out, dying over it. Just cause someone could rhyme, don't mean he knows some ish. Hoping they find out by the time they life over with. Deep in the dirt, cold bodies dropping like snowflakes. Heaven, hell, or ours ain't no place like home plate. Murder over material and money you can't take. Fighting over that gold plate. Yeah.
world full of scorn. I say born, cause you breathe life into every word form. And pushed out like precious, soft and warm. You make the choice to go hard, son. You've been warned. There's no going back. You sound concerned. Go back to where your homie fell and he last worm. But he wasn't doing the worm. The news and the preachers need something to talk about. So he got cerned. Ashes to ashes, he got burned. If the hood was one, then the must ain't learned. Just was on the game. Trust the spot's hard to earn. We're all guilty since street courts adjourned. Now I mean burn, I ain't the judge of the jury. Boy cap blue, straight out of Roxbury. Where the glass jars and hot fries get buried. In the same period, grandbaby, you heard me? It's ill. My rhymes go murder, kill, kill. Kids in the hospital, I don't feel responsibility. It's ill. I don't have to pay the healthcare bill. I just sit here, chill, and destroy what you feel. It's ill. My rhymes go murder, kill, kill. Listening to Fuse Box Radio.
and didn't take his riddling. Drunk off adrenaline, says he's making the citizens arrest. Trayvon looks at him vexed. I just walked to the store, nothing more, nothing less. Just steps from his home, he ignores his request. George grabs him. Trayvon swings and connects. Starts screaming out for help as Zimmerman sees a threat. So he pulls out his gun and he points it at his chest. He fires, but he misses. Trayvon pleads for forgiveness. I didn't do nothing, this is senseless. But George Zimmerman was so vicious, he made sure the second shot hit him. No survivor, no witness. Trayvon never gave his cousins the Skittles. Mr. All-Star Game didn't see another dribble. And George Zimmerman wasn't even arrested. The message is only white life is protected in America. You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion.
What's up, everybody? It's your boy right here, Lamar Blackman, and this is Direct Effects, y'all. The Jump Off, your hottest daily dose of entertainment and college news, brought to you by the Black University Radio Network. On today's show, I'll break down the 2012 Pan-African Film Festival. This is the launch pad, get funding, the professional debut for independent filmmakers. And I'll tell you the big winners this year. NBA Hall of Famer and business mogul Irvin Magic Johnson is set to launch his own cable network, Aspire, in June 2012. And I'll tell you what channel you can look for on your cable network. And ex-chancellor of the District of Columbia Public Schools, Michelle Rhea is in studio. Her initiative, Students First, is working to revamp the public school systems, and she'll break that down all right here next. Don't you move on Direct Effects. Most people don't know about all the career options they'll have as an officer in the U.S. Army, so they don't consider it an option. Captain Kendrick Forrester used to be one of those people. I was that 18, 19-year-old that had no intentions of joining the Army. I wanted to go to college, you know, I wanted to be an engineer, and I didn't think the Army had anything for me. But like other soldiers, when Captain Forrester compared the options and training he had as an Army officer with the opportunities his friends had, he knew joining was the best decision. I had peers that went into engineering, I had peers that went into business or, or into marketing, and they all started at the bottom and, you know, they're making copies or trying to learn as they go along. We're going to put you in a position from day one and say you're in charge of 40 people millions of dollars of equipment, and we want you to go out there and do this mission. There's no other organization like that. Zero. Make your future even stronger as an officer in the U.S. Army. Visit GoArmy.com slash officer to find out how. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. I got a chance to sit down with the former chancellor of schools for the District of Columbia Public Schools, Michelle Reed. She is a somewhat controversial figure for what some believe is an anti-teachers union sentiment. Now, Michelle Reese said on Oprah's show recently she was looking for one million people to raise one billion dollars in order to catalyze education reform in the United States. Now, here's Michelle Reed breaking down her philosophy. People are going to have to get really mobilized and active if they want to see change uh, occur because there are lots of people who want to defend the status quo. Lots of people who will tell you that the education system is just fine, that, you know, the, the, the issue is not with schools, it's with poverty, all these, the, these sorts of things. And if we all ever want to break through all of that clutter to get to the, to the, the crux of what do we need to do to ensure that we're providing a high-quality education for every single child in this country, then it's going to require people to be very vocal, very mobilized, and very active. Go onto our website at www.studentsfirst.org, uh, and you you know give us your email address, and and um, and then we start sending you information. That's the very passionate Michelle Ree, and she is tough and on task to reform the public education system. To visit her, you can visit michellerie.com. Thank you so much for your time, and we're on it with you. The Pan-African Film and Arts Festival, America's largest and most prestigious black film and arts festival in the USA, screened more than 150 films made by and or about people of African descent. From the USA, Africa, the Caribbean, South America, the South Pacific, Europe, and Canada. For the 20th year celebration, the Pan-African Film Festival holds the distinction of being the largest Black History Month event in the country. The festival was founded in 1992 by award-winning actor Danny Glover, Emmy Award-winning actress Jeanette Dubois, and executive director Ayako Babu, an international legal, cultural, and political consultant. 
who specializes in African affairs. The Pan-African Film Festival is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to the promotion of ethnic and racial respect and tolerance through the exhibit of films, art, and creative expression. The festival featured a total of 160 films representing over 30 countries, 91 featured-length films, and 67 short films. The overall big winner in 2012 was Best Feature to Saint Lobatier, the first president of Haiti who fought the French to gain the country's independence, the only country to do that in the Western Hemisphere. For more info on the Pan-African Film Festival, visit paff.com. And for more entertainment news, you can always visit eurweb.com. NBA legend turned business mogul Irvin Magic Johnson is gearing up for the next phase of his expansive business portfolio, running his own television network. The Hall of Famer is preparing for the summer launch of Aspire, a 24-hour channel with a focus on what Johnson called positive, uplifting images of African Americans. The basic cable outlet will join other channels targeting black viewers such as BET and TV One and will offer opportunities for blacks who have struggled to find work in mainstream Hollywood. Aspire's mix will include film, TV, music, and comedy with a combination of acquired projects and original programming. There will also be plays, performing arts, and shows about faith as well. Aspire's network will be available on Comcast Cable Network. Comcast's goal is to launch 10 new independently owned cable channels, and Magic Johnson's channel is due to be the first. Visit EURweb.com for all your entertainment news. Two chains exploded onto the national scene in the summer of 2007 as one half of the Atlanta-based group Player Circle. The original duffel bag boy is back as a solo act. This time, and his hot new single, Riot, is impacting radio nationally. The original duffel bag boy is back as a solo act. This time, and his hot new single, Riot, is impacting radio nationally. His lead single, Spend It, was a smash and is available now at Def Jam Records and iTunes.com front slash 2 Chains. With the crossover success of 2 Chains' first two singles, the Southside Atlanta MC shows he's one of the hottest rising stars in the game. 2 Chains' new single, Riot, is available for downloads. Visit iTunes.com front slash 2 Chains or Def Jam Records.com. For the singles, wallpaper, promo photos, and tour update information, visit Def Jam Records. Records.com, Island Def Jam Records, where music lives. That's going to do it for this edition of Direct Effects, y'all. It's the wrap. I want to give big shouts to all the campuses that are airing Direct Effects. Delaware State, Howard Jew, Tennessee State, thank you for airing the show. The 2012 Black College Spring Fest is coming up, and we'll look for you at a campus near you. Till tomorrow, it's your boy right here, Lamar Blackman. Go. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now witnessing Fusebox Radio.
Yo, you're checking out Fusebox Radio with John Judah. And this is yours truly, Big Guru, the icon.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. Shut it down, down, baby, baby. 
Right here on the fuse box radio.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. Right here on the Fuse Box Radio.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah.
You're now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. to the fuse box with John Judah.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. Change your mind, tell you you ain't mine, baby, and that ain't for real. Uh, 
to the fuse box with John Judah.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah.
all the time we have tonight. Join us next time. Good night.